What? Cracking big dogs. Welcome, bike to the channel. Welcome, bike to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is B D G E. Big dogs got E fantasy football. It is Saturday, which means it is Q and A. Q and assault. Q and assault Saturday, where you guys are assaulting me with your questions. Negative, positive, fantasy, football, some other fantasies, whatever y'all got in your minds, feel free to yell at me. That is how we do every Saturday. We're going to start it off with some training camp updates. If you want to be in the Q&A live with me asking thy questions, you have to be part of our Discord channel, our Discord server. I forget what they call it, whatever it is. To do so, you sign up at Patreon, patreon.com. Slarsh B D G E. Once you're a Patreon, you get access to Discord, which gets you access to Big Dogs Leagues, which gets you access to my rankings, which gets you access to the headquarters. You can come and hang out here anytime you want. Just kidding. What's good? How we doing? How we living? So some training camp updates we want to talk about. DeAndre Swift. Uh I'm, I'm gonna officially put this on the record. I'm concerned. I am concerned. Your boy is concerned, and DeAndre Swift is moving down my board. Never off my board. Never off the board. Down the board, though. He would have been an easy smash at the end of the fourth, early fifth round. Now this leg injury has kept him out for nearly a fortnight. And I'm swiftly moving him down. Because he's missed a lot of practice time. And it's it's so crucial during the summer when you are a running back that's in a committee to separate yourself. Everything was going good. He had earned that pass-catching role. And I think it was this two weeks would have been the two weeks where Uncle Carrion was in his brace, was slowly moving. His hips were unable to move like this. And that way, like the video I did a couple weeks ago where I tried to spin my chair and hit the fucking thing. That's what Carrion does without actually having anything in the way. This would have been the time where DeAndre Swift breaks out, goes into week one as the starter. Now, he's missed practice, and the reports are that he's going to have a slow start out of the gate, which I don't necessarily think of as a bad thing. I still think by week five, he is the guy in that back. I actually think now, I think he was much more likely to come out as a big-time playmaker from the gate than Miles Sanders was last year, but now he's in a very similar situation to Miles Sanders from last year. I'm actually glad that this is probably going to move him down the board pretty significantly. So now Swift will probably move out of that like fourth, fifth round range and start to be a pick that you look towards in the sixth to seventh round range. And there, I'm back. You know what? He moved down my board, but he's still on my board. He is my board. He is the target that I will be looking at in that sixth, seventh round range. The leg injury absolutely concerns me for the start of the season, though. So whatever production we were banking on in the month of September, it's probably going to be need to push bike a little bit. All right. So Swift concerns me. Joe Mixon, completely concerning. He had always been at the back of this tier of running backs in the first, second round. Uh, he had always been the last guy I really wanted to draft. And now we have these contract concerns, which apparently aren't really contract concerns. They're actually migraine concerns and we all remember percy harvin we all remember mr percy we were fans of him he was young 
He was explosive. He was a playmaker. And he got these migraines. Migraines are not good if you're a football player. Because you get hit in the head a lot. You get hit in the head a lot. As a running back, you get hit 20 times a game. If we wanted Joe Mixon to be the workhorse, he's getting hit 20 times a game. You have migraines, you're getting hit 20 times a game. That's probably 20 times more likely that you'll end up with more migraines going forward. I have no idea if these migraines are football related. I'm only technically a doctor, so do not take my medical advice. But there are clear concerns here with Mixon. So he should be at the back end of your tier of early running backs. We don't know what's actually going on with the contract. We have no idea if he's actually, you know, if he doesn't get a contract done before the season, will he hold out? I don't really think that's the case, to be honest. But weird reports coming out of camp, mixed reports. Geo is still very much there. He's going to play a role in the pass catching game. So Mixon is, is a guy I'm staying away from in the first round. If he drops like the mid end of the second round, okay, I'll get that workhorse running back because we want running backs. We want these backs. Speaking of, we have so many running backs to kind of touch on when it comes to training camp updates. Miles Sanders. So my initial thought on Miles Sanders, uh, I made the video, obviously, and, and the video about Miles Sanders wasn't necessarily my concern for Miles Sanders out the gate. It was just the idea of injury optimism as a whole. What concerned me with Miles Sanders is that they came out immediately and said week to week. Maybe that was just their way of getting the reporters off their back because if you say day to day then you have to keep talking about it every single day but if you say week to week then you can kind of push it aside and say hey ask me next week how he's feeling maybe that's the case all of the reports out of camp from beat reporters from players from coaches from execs whatever they're all saying it's very insignificant and we still have uh 15 days i believe until week one that's that first sunday so i'm i'm feeling pretty good that miles sanders will be fine and he'll be ready to go obviously we're looking for some kind of positive reports. Uh, but that being said, I mean, all of the speculation out of camp is that it's not serious. Um, so Sanders has moved bike up my board. Kenyon Drake spotted in a walking boot. Now, I don't remember if I talked about this in a video, but someone had asked me, like, that's bad news, right? Walking boot sounds a lot worse than it probably is. If we remember back to last year, Kenyon Drake had a walking boot on at this point. Uh, of the summer and when you when you kind of like zoom out like don't think about football don't think about fantasy football think about what a walking boot is a walking boot is simply like if you ever have one on it's basically just like a padded boot it feels like your foot is in a cloud right so any sort of nick or or messed up part about your foot goes into this cloud so that it doesn't uh immense it doesn't uh what's the fucking word i'm looking for it doesn't I don't fucking know. It doesn't give you any pain, right? So any pain that you had that you would normally have if you're walking in a shoe or something is taken out there. So a walking boot is simply just something very soft that you could walk on. So maybe you have a bruise on your foot. Maybe you have a very minor sprained ankle. Maybe you have like a jammed toe or some shit, right? That could be a reason for a walking boot. And that's what it seems like the text coming out of camp is, that it's not serious whatsoever. So that being said, like when you see walking boot, don't automatically think worst case scenario because there is a side of the spectrum where a walking boot is very precautionary. And that's what it seems to be right now. So it could be serious. It could not be serious. But most reports so far seem to be that it is not serious. Again, we have 15 days until Sunday kickoff. So with Drake, I'm not really concerned about the injury yet either. I think we'll see him back without the walking boot sooner rather than later. David Montgomery, very concerned. The groin is something that will probably linger throughout the uh, year. And it's tough with all these injuries because... We, we're not getting a lot of reports out of camp and they're being very like 
closed off this year, right? Because with the COVID thing, they don't have to necessarily come out and tell you about the details of a lot of things. With David Montgomery, we actually saw the video footage and it looked it looked pretty bad. Obviously, I can't tell from the video footage. I'm just a, technically a doctor again, right? But with David Montgomery, they came out immediately said two to four weeks. That puts him in the timetable of hitting right when the season starts. Uh, so I will definitely be moving Montgomery down my board. I think from where he was, like a kind of safe floor fifth round pick, he probably moves back into the end of the sixth, seventh round. And I'm most likely just going to let somebody else take the stab at Montgomery. It doesn't really make me like Tariq Cohen anymore. I don't think they are going to give him more carries. They didn't want to give him carries last year. He was wildly inefficient in the receiving game too. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do there. I think Cordero, Pat, I think what they're going to do is shove like 16 to 18 carries a game into the belly of running backs if Montgomery misses time. And it's going to be like, seven or eight to Tariq Cohen, like six to Corderell Patterson, three to Ryan Nail or whoever it is. They didn't go out and sign a veteran yet, so maybe they're not as concerned with it. And that's the other thing with like Philly. Philly, had, they've had a lot of time to go out and try to sign a veteran. They've made no moves whatsoever uh, that tell you that Miles Sanders' injury is going to leak into the regular season. Uh, with David Montgomery, it seemed like a, a relatively significant injury going on there. So to Michelle, off the pup list, bike at practice, and now he is splitting carries with Damian Harris in the first team. I think, like, if I want one, it's, ugh, dude, I don't even know. I, I would take whoever's the, the lower-priced one, but I'm not excited about taking either of them because James White has this significant pass-catching role. Uh, Rex Burkhead is somehow going to make some noise this year. I don't know how. I Honestly, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he somehow got cut. I don't know when the cut days are actually happening this year or if they already kind of happened, but uh, Burkhead is probably a guy that could possibly get cut. If that's the case, then I'll be a little bit higher on a Sony or a Damian Harris. But for right now, I feel like they're going to split carries. James White is going to be the most valuable bike there. All right. Um, there were probably like 92 other reports at a training camp that I could have got around to. But we will start the Q&A, the questioned and assault. Again, if y'all want to dive into any Q&A with myself, you can sign up. Patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Let's get personal. Let's go. So you said, is Miles at the turn still the motherfucking move? Uh, yeah, I mean, as of right now, knowing how much time we got until the season kicks off, like I'm, I'm still fine grabbing Miles at like the 112, 2-1, whatever it is. Yeah, make sure you hit them thumbs up. Nick, you got to endorse or sponsor that shirt company. Everyone is fired. Dude, I'm, I've been telling y'all, BarneyCools.com. Barney, B-A-R-N-E-Y, cools.com. I reached out to see if they wanted to get sponsor the channel because all I do is rock their fucking flawless button-down shirts. They're like, nah, you look too fucking good. We might go out of stock if we start sponsoring your videos. But barneycools.com, they're an Australian company. They're expensive. You pay for quality, you get quality, all right? You look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, you record well. You record well, you probably draft terribly. That's why I'm going to lose all my fantasy drafts this year. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not going Dobbins over Swift in a redraft now. Skirt. Kelsey or Andrews for long-term tight end premium dynasty. Jared, Mr. Peterson asks. Uh, I mean, it's Kittle as the tight end one. Kelsey and Andrews are right there. I, I, I think it would more so depend on what your league is set up with right now or what your team is set up with right now. Like if you're going for the championship this year, Kelsey is the move here. Uh, but 
Andrews also has like seven years on Kelsey. So if you think your team is like a fourth or fifth or sixth in your league in terms of like talent and roster construction, a lot of times like dynasty leagues get very lopsided where, you know, you see a team, and you're like, holy shit, how did someone get that team? But it happens over the course of a few years in a dynasty league. Like if you have one or two teams in your league that are like those teams and you're probably not going to compete for a chip this year, go at Andrews and not rebuild, but start to bring in the youth. Uh, tight end premium, though, Kelsey is just so damn involved in his offense and he's so damn valuable. I mean, he's been the tight end one for like four straight years. They just signed him to the extension or they're I don't remember if they signed him or they're talking about signing him, but he'll be around there with Patrick Mahomes for a while. So I don't see him dipping off for a few years. Let's see. Benny Snell over Anthony McFarlane in redraft. Good reports out of camp for Benny. Yeah, so with the James Conner situation, it seems like Mike Tomlin has come out and said Ben Benny Snell is like the next guy up in line for that running back two spot. Man, I I I talked I've talked about this a bunch of times. Anthony McFarland could absolutely be a blind spot for me, just like Justice Hill last year, where you kind of want to wish the talent into opportunity, and it doesn't always happen. You look at what coaches have done, and you look at what Tomlin's done with James Conner, and it's it's whoever the running back is is the lead back, and he's the featured guy, and it's a very real chance that that happens. So uh, Brett Coleman did a video yesterday, and he's done a you know he's come out and talked about Anthony McFarland a lot, and he loves McFarland, which made me feel really good because I respect Brett's opinion mightily um but i still think it's like anthony mcfarland's probably not a guy worth rostering in redraft only because he's someone over the second half of the year can have a big role he's going to be one of those guys where he'll get like three to five touches for the first few weeks then get dropped and then you could probably pick him up off the waiver so i would probably take snell over mcfarland in a redraft yeah but i'm probably not drafting either right now Dr. Moore said he's concerned by the boot a bit because most of the reasons he'd ever give one to a patient would be something serious, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> listen, I, I love Dr. Morris and I respect his opinion, but what he would give someone a, a walking boot for is not the same as whatever they're doing in Arizona. Like I said before, Kenyon Drake had a walking boot on at this point in the summer last year. Um, so this could they, they could just know like in their head. Listen, and I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying within the potential range of outcomes, I just don't want you guys to hear walking boot and immediately assume off the fucking board. That's not the case. It could be the case. It could be way more serious than I'm making it out to be. But I'm just saying it's not something that needs to be like overly concerning because they might just say like, Kenyon Drake, we know you're our feature back. Like there's no, there's no need to put unnecessary pressure on this little, you know, sharpness in your foot that you got. <clears throat> Travis, give me a couple value QBs to go after in Dynasty contending and quarterback is only whole. Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, still young in an ascending offense with a ton of really, really, really good young weapons. Gruden likes him. The system is perfect. I'm telling you, Derek Carr is that dude this year. Um, obviously, I like Gardner a lot, but he's a little iffy on whether or not he's actually a long-term viable play. Uh, who else? is? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely a good player to buy into right now because his ADP is probably not what his value in trades is. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, dynasty questions for redraft season being here. I know where you have Hurst ranked, but was just curious on why I haven't heard you say much of anything about him. Uh, I, I feel like 
I have no idea actually where I have him ranked, to be completely honest with you. Let me check. I feel like I have him like 10 or 11. Oh, I have him actually. I have him really high, huh? Uh... I don't, I don't think it's as much like I love Hurst as like there's just a massive drop-off in where I see the top six tight ends down to the ones after them. It's like yeah, Jared Cook is my tight end six. Hayden Hurst is my tight end seven. But I legitimately see like a three-round gap in between them. Um, so when you look at like Chris Herndon's a guy, I, I'm the more and more I think about it, I'm moving as we speak right now, I'm moving Chris Herndon up to my, my tight end 10 from the 14 spot. Uh, everything is lining up for Chris Herndon to be this year's Darren Waller. I wish I had talked more about Herndon because you look at the situation, right? It was an offense that no one really wanted a part of. You have a quarterback who's not afraid to sling it in New York. And now you have almost no weapons. You remember like last year, Derek Carr went into the year with no weapons and the volume became huge for Darren Waller. Tyrell Williams was like his only outside threat and he got hurt within a few weeks of the season. You look at what's happening in New York. Denzel Mims is hurt. Rashad Perryman is hurt. They're bringing in fucking Chris Hogan off the street. Like Chris Herndon, <clears throat> he's super talented, and he might back himself into eight targets a game. Like I could 100% see him being this year's Darren Waller. Athleticism, explosiveness, chemistry with the quarterback, and just a ton of targets due to the lack of weapons on the outside and a team that's going to be trailing a lot and needing to throw the ball a lot. So uh, Chris Herndon is a dude that you need to be going after ahead of Hayden Hurst because where you'll be able to get him is at a way better value. <clears throat> but in terms of like Hayden Hurst as a specifically as the player this year, uh, <clears throat> I get it. I, I think like the athleticism is there. The role is there. I'm, 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 I'm not sure what kind of role he's really going to have in this offense. If I'm being completely honest with you, it's not going to be the Austin Hooper role. Like it will, he'll be playing that role, but he's not going to get the targets that Austin Hooper got. Like you have to remember, Hooper was in his third year or fourth year with Matt Ryan, right? Julio Jones has been there for fucking 22 years. It feels like Calvin Ridley's coming into his third year. There are guys with, with, with real chemistry on the outside that are going to be the target monsters in this offense. Hayden Hurst, like everything about it is is a complete projection. Um, we want to say he's going to have Austin Hooper's role, but what if he only has Austin Hooper's role like in the red zone? What if like he's not the go-to target around the line of scrimmage? What if Russell Gage is really involved in that area, in the, you know, in the immediate in front of the line area, which I think is a real possibility. So Hurst, I like, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not going to be depending on Hayden Hurst to be my tight end one in my leagues. If I do, he's going to be paired up with another high end uh, tight end upside guy if that makes sense what are the questions we got mm -hmm. i took your advice trying to move from bell what do you think of this trade Le'Veon bell and john ross for cream hunt in 2022 yes 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 Tanner, you win like every ounce, every kilo ounce of that trade. You take Hunt over Le'Veon Bell in Dynasty. It's, oh wait, is this, I'm not actually sure if this is Dynasty or not. Oh yeah, it has to be Dynasty because it's 20, I'm assuming you mean 2021 second. Yeah, I would take a 2021 second for John Ross in a second and I would take Kareem Hunt over Le'Veon Bell in Dynasty for surely. Nick, one of my home Dynasty leagues is a decade in. Some of the teams have become wildly uncompetitive. Some are unstoppable terrible terrible idea to redraft 
Uh, you're going to have to like restate that question because, oh, you mean like you want to restart the entire dynasty league? I mean, that's, that's completely subjective up to you guys. Like if, if the teams are wildly uncompetitive, it's probably because they kind of lost interest in the league, I'm assuming. So you might want to shut that league down and get new members that are actually into it. It's just like an open discussion. You're going to have to have with your league mates. If it's still really fun and you guys are all still into it. Uh, then discuss it with everybody. Maybe you want to start a second dynasty league, or maybe you just want to shut that down and, and start a, a, a new league without that old one. I don't know. That, that It's completely subjective to you guys, but it sounds like if there are a lot of teams that are wildly uncompetitive after 10 years and they don't know what they're doing, then they're probably not really passionate about it. So it seems like some guys you probably want to get out of the league. What do you think Minshew's ceiling and floor is for this year? Uh, Minshew's ceiling, I think he can get into the top 12. I think he can be a guy that, uh, has games where he throws the ball 40 to 45 times and puts up like, you know, QB six or eight kind of numbers coupled with some games where he throws like two or three picks. So if you're in a high, uh, you know, turnover penalty type league, Minshew's a little bit ner uh, nerve wracking. I know he, he was 21 to six touchdown interception ratio last year. But teams have all the film on him now, and they'll be prepared going into what they have for him. And teams that end up being teams that trail a lot, which is bad offenses, usually put themselves there because of the turnovers. So Minshew's ceiling is is going to be fun to watch. I think it's certainly top twelve floor. I would say I would say his floor is like realistically where he's getting drafted right now. If he's going off as like the QB twenty two, I, I feel like there's no way he finishes lower than quarterback twenty. What's your opinion on Evan Ingram's injury? Okay, so, I mean, here's the thing. Like, with Evan Ingram's injury, this is one of those things that you have to have kind of followed over the course of the summer, right? Like, he has the same injury that Marquise Brown had, where they insert a screw into his foot, and at the end of the year, they'll take it out. Everything we've heard out of camp, though, has been really, really, really positive about Ingram. So this is where I think last year I got very black and white with injuries. And for the most part, they ended up – like, a lot of them ended up being – good calls, right? Good fades, good stay away from guys. But there was also guys like Cooper Cup, who I just completely dismissed off my board, despite all of the summer reports being like, no, Cup looks really, really good. He's really involved. He's just as fast, if not faster than he was pre-injury. And, uh, and you learn from those things. So with a guy like Evan Ingram, with a guy like Preston Williams, I'm getting higher and higher on both of those guys because as we're nearing the season, we're hearing more and more positive reports. So Evan Ingram, not a guy I'm going to be targeting, but he's not a guy that's completely off my board, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, Ingram, yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit higher on him than I would have been in the beginning of the season. Would you give up Le'Veon Bell for a 2021 first? Dynasty tight end premium super flex. Yes, absolutely. I would 100% give up Bell for a first. The earlier the first, the easier the deal. How would you approach the draft for a 10-man Superflex auction league? Uh, sorry, guys. I'm not, I'm not really a big auction guy, so I don't want to speak on things that uh, I don't feel confident in saying. I don't want to sell shit to you that I don't have inventory for. So auction, I mean, you guys can jump in Discord. Into, I don't know if we have an auction channel in itself. If we do, if we don't, I'll create one for you guys, or we should have at least for the last fucking month or so. But auction is just something that I don't typically do. Quit big dogs. Get a date with Zendaya. Are you going to do it? Why are you going to ask me questions like that on a Saturday morning? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?
I'm not answering that question. I'm burning this whole studio fucking down to the ground. Uh, are you sold that Kyler and Watson are top five quarterbacks this year? I'm sold that Watson is. I am uh, a little... I'm concerned about both of them. I'm concerned that we've kind of overshot what Kyler is already. Like, we're already factoring in him being that elite level without ever actually seeing it on the field. Watson, I'm nervous about the offense overall operating and him just getting killed every game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I had to bet, yeah, I would say they both finished top five. But I would also, like, if you gave me that option or the field, that one of them would finish outside the top five, I would, I would take the field. And I would say that Kyler finishes outside the top five. <laughs> got any good questions? What we got? What we got? Opinions on Calvin Ridley for redraft. He's a guy that I just I just have had so much trouble pulling the trigger on because every time I'm on the clock and Ridley's available, one, he's going very early. Like you got to get him in the early fourth round. And at that spot, there's always one of like AJ Brown, Adam Thielen, uh, Robert Woods, DJ Moore available, and I'm I'm not taking Calvin Ridley over those dudes. So while I think he's fine, like I think he's going to be safe play with a little bit of upside, I would much rather all those guys over him. It just comes down to who you're avail who is available at that spot, and it's usually just like other guys that I like over Ridley. He's not a guy I'm fading. Like if he drops to me at the four eleven or the five one or something, he's certainly not going to be like nah, off my board. Who's too early in the third in one quarterback 12-team PPR draft for RB? Yeah, I mean, all those guys are are, are not really where I'm looking to get third third round running backs. I, I there's, there's a very, very little chance that I leave drafts this year with third round running backs. I just think there's such a massive teardrop from, like, the top 13. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply guys down to the Fournettes and Connors and Taylors. I would say like the only guy out of the top tiers, like if Aaron Jones falls into the third, I'm okay grabbing him there. Other than that, like it's got to be fourth round for me for those other guys. 
Nick, fifth or eleventh pick in the twelve team standard ESPN draft. Yeah, Justin, I'm gonna I'm take the eleventh spot there and, and double up on those running backs for sure. Devin was good. Traded Hurst and Gibson for Waller and Dynasty. What side do you like? Uh, I, th- I think it's a fair trade. I think it's fine for both teams. I, I would say, if it's not tight end premium, I might side with the Hurst and Gibson trade. But I don't think it's like a, it's a huge win or loss either way. If it's tight end premium, then I really, I really love the Waller side. No ceilings. Now the fucking sky showing. Good afternoon, Mr. Scott. 14 person, half PPR, one flex, keeper league. Eckler in the fourth or DJ Moore in the fifth? Eckler in the fourth. Eckler in the fourth. Eckler in the third. Eckler in the second. Eckler every fucking time. 12 team, one quarterback, half PPR. Picking at the 12 spot. Is the 5 6 turn too early for Waller? Uh. No, I don't think it's too early. I think that's exactly where he'll go. Depending on how your team is, depending on who else is on the board, though, like I'm okay. I love Waller, but I'm also okay fading him to double stack like Herndon and Hawkinson in the 10th, 11th round. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if you're sitting on the board at the five, six turn and, uh, wouldn't it be the five? Oh yeah. It would be three, four. Yeah. It would be the five, six. If I'm sitting there at the five six turn and like one of those wide receivers are there, like the it's a, it's like a, you know a Chark or Hollywood Brown and and some guys like that and Cam Akers or something, I would take the skill position players over the tight ends if it's not premium, and then grab the Herndon Hawkinson stack at the end. What the fuck? Stop asking me Zendaya questions, y'all. I'm trying to I'm trying to be fucking happy here and be in a good mood. In your rankings, I see you're pretty low on Breeze. Why is it? Why is that? I'm just pretty low on fucking... Where do I have Breeze? Is like the quarterback 11? I feel like that's not that low. I have him as 13. Uh, I just I just feel like they're an offense that's not really centered around the passing game. They want to get their running backs involved. They want to do really short, quick-hitting passes. Um, so the guys ahead of them, like Stafford, I could see throwing the ball 100 more times than Drew Breeze this year. Tom Brady, I could see Tom Brady and Drew Brees are like very close. I could see Tampa Bay throwing the ball way more than New Orleans. Buffalo, obviously, you have Josh Allen uh, running the ball a lot. So it's not that I don't like Brees. I just think, you know, if all of them are mixed into the same category, I'm going to take the team that throws the ball a lot more. What we doing? What we doing? Skirt. Holy shit. Miss a lot of questions. I'm going to try to run through these very quickly for you guys. Uh, yo, Nick, what would you do in full PPR dynasty if you have a win now team, Chark and Akers or Hopkins, Rojo and Brian Hill? This is from Graham. Okay, so full PPR dynasty, you have a win now team, Chark and Akers or Hopkins, Rojo and Brian Hill. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Chark and, and Akers. I'm taking Chark and Akers there for sure. They're really, really, really valuable dynasty assets. At the 101 in a 12 team full PPR, one quarterback leagues, King Kappa. No sort of running backs will be available. Do I go Allen Robinson plus Lamar Jackson or Robinson plus Thielen? Either way, Akers plus Swift, or do I try Ronald Jones? Uh, okay, so in a full PPR league, um, well, also depends on if you're starting three wide receivers, I would I would double tap the wide receivers there because it actually does 
make the ball game a little bit closer in terms of like the positional values. Like obviously wide receiver scoring is going to be a lot closer to quarterback scoring in full PPR because they can put up a five for 70 game and it's going to be like near around what the floor or median for a quarterback scoring is. So I'm fine with the uh, double double wide receiver uh, duo there. And Ronald Jones is actually hurt too. Ronald Jones is actually hurt too. Something with his foot. They don't say it's serious either, but like we're just not getting any information out of camp this year. And, it, and it's really, really, really tough. Uh, so I would just monitor those reports really closely. Again, like Swift at the four or five is probably uh, too early for me right now, given how much time he's missed. I noticed you adjusted the rankings for wide receivers and half PPR. Any reason why you have Thielen over Allen Robinson and more? Uh, I just like the more. Did, did I put him over Allen Robinson? Yeah, I've I've Thielen as a seven, Robinson as the eight, DJ Moore as a nine. So I just I just I don't know. I just uh, Thielen and Robinson are literally there's no difference. There's no difference between the two for me drafting fantasy wise, other than the fact that you can only take one of them. So I don't really have a if I could put them next to each other, you know, fucking doing this shit, I would. There's just no competition for targets for Thielen, and we've already seen him operate as an alpha. Same thing with a Rob, but I'll take the quarterback that's more accurate. Opinions on Debo Samuel for redraft. Yeah, he's he's pretty much off my board if I have to pick him anywhere between before like the 13th round. Would you take Akers over Swift after the Swift injury news? In redraft, yes, I would take Akers over Swift right now. As Kamish, how are you handling it if games get canceled, especially Monday Night Football where you can't sub players? Uh, I don't – well, we have we have the rules set up. I think you've seen the E-Town get down meeting, Scott. Are you talking about for like uh, – I don't know what we have set for Dynasty actually. Uh, good question. I don't think we're going to see games canceled like on a whim like that, just on a random day. I think we're just going to see a lot of players having to sit out. Uh, we have a rule where like if it's uh, – I, I haven't thought about like if games are fully canceled, what happens with those players. It's a good question, something I should think about, but something I'm not actually going <laughs> to think about. So I'm sorry. I don't have an answer for that right now. Uh, your thoughts on Daniel Jones and Superflex this year? Yeah, sure. Get him. Get him. Get him. I would pair him with a, with a high-floor quarterback, though. All right. All right. Would you take JT as your RB2 with C-Mac as your RB1? Uh, it's a very open-ended question. I It depends where you draft him. Nick Carson or the best receiver second? What? Yeah, no, definitely not Chris Carson in the second round. What are your thoughts on Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings, meaning the accuracy contest versus analysts actually ranking players based on conviction? Yeah, so this is... Uh, this is an interesting topic because I know like the whole thing on Twitter blew up where everyone was talking shit about fantasy pros like Matt Barry and people came out and started shitting on fantasy pros. Uh, and I get asked this question a lot. I'm like, do you are well, not a lot, but some people are like, are you in the expert rankings thing or whatever? And uh, I had never submitted to do it to do it. One, the way I do my rankings is I just if I'm in a draft, like whoever I would pick at that spot is who I have in my rankings. But most people, to the, the rankings are built through some kind of like algorithm. Like they weight uh, the accuracy of the guys you put in the top five way more than the guys you have at like 25 through 30. Um, so people understand like how to game the system in a way. And people 
Uh, also, they didn't have Superflex. They just put Superflex in like two weeks ago, and my rankings have been through Superflex, so it would make no sense for me to submit accuracy rankings when I have like quarterbacks in the top five and they're going to finish as like the 70th ranked value player. I only do rankings for you guys. I don't. I could give a shit less about putting it out there and like trying to compete with other people. Um, so the expert consensus rankings, uh, like. I, I literally could care less about what they're doing on Fantasy Pros. I like if if it's it's just a useful tool for me to put my rankings into your guys's fucking face holes, as as opposed to like people will put players higher because their projections have them there, but then they wouldn't actually draft them that way. You know what I mean? I think that's dumb. But I also think it's subjective to how you're using it. Like if you're an analyst and you're just trying to get ranked inside inside the top Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings, like accuracy, then do whatever you need to do. If you're an analyst that wants to just give your rankings to your audience, then give your rankings the way that you would fucking draft. You know, I don't think it, I think it's like subjective, but I think it's kind of stupid when people tout like, yeah, it was like a top 10 accuracy ranking, whatever this year. I don't I don't put a lot of uh, investment into that because that just means that like you played it safe, most likely like you don't take, you know, like last year I could have Aaron Jones is like the running back seven or is a running back five or something. Right. Because that's where I thought he would finish. Uh, but most people would be putting him as like RB15 because that's like the safe play. If that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> Holy shit, you guys got a lot of questions today. Where's my phone, speaking of? I don't fucking know. Skirt. How long have we been on here for? 35 minutes? Feels like 235 minutes. Okay, have to keep two guys in standard Yahoo Fantasy. In the actual top 50, I have Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Kittle, Carson, Moore, Ridley, and I've been offered Julio for one of my quarterbacks. Which two do you keep? Yeah, so you definitely – okay, so you take two of those guys. I'm assuming it's not a super flex league because you wouldn't have Lamar and Mahomes. So I would trade <clears throat> Mahomes for Julio. I'm going to keep Julio, and I'm going to – since it's a standard league, I'm going to keep Julio and Lamar Jackson there, J.D. I know you're not big on DK, but what would you be willing to give up to trade for him? Uh, I probably need a lot more context than just that, Riley. Like, dynasty, redraft, what's your team look like, PPR, standard half PPR, you know. It, like, what kind of assets do you have? I can't just, like, name random players because you probably don't have them on your team. So do that for me, please. Uh, opinions on Nick Chubb for redraft. Yeah, he's he's someone that I'm not necessarily targeting, but if I'm sitting there at like the 205, 206, and he falls to me, I do like the setup that he's going to have in Cleveland this year. I really like Stefanski coming in. The offensive line, like one of the one of the things about offensive lines are like they don't just randomly change year over year for the most part. The way they change is by adding key pieces to it, right? Like the big yearly swaps that we see in like offensive line rankings where a team goes from a bottom 10 offensive line to a top 10, they're usually not just random. They're not just like, oh, they just got so much better. It's usually because they add a fucking piece like Andrew Whitworth. And the Browns went out and added two two tackles. So when the Browns come out and perform really, really well this year, and for the most part, like fantasy running backs, especially guys like Chubb who get a lot of carries and they're not so active in the receiving game, the line is the biggest factor in whether or not they succeed. So Chubb's a guy who averages like 4.85 yards per carry already. Now you give him a good line, he might average 5.5 yards per carry and be an absolute fucking animal this year. That's, you know, 280 carries, 5, 5.5 yards per carry is going to be up there, 1,400 yards on the ground. We don't even need him to be that active in the receiving game. So a lot of people are going to shy away because Kareem Hunt is there. But I think this offensive line could be really, really, really special. 
and that will be the reason for Nick Chubb doing well. <clears throat> so uh, the concern is certainly there with Hunt, but I think not enough people are buying into what his real ceiling could be this year. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what round would you take your first quarterback in a 10-seam suit? Uh, go – Go, uh, I, I did a must-own quarterbacks video like last week that talked about strategy for like 20 minutes on quarterbacks. Probably probably be very helpful to you. But Superflex, like I'm, I'm fine waiting until like the mid, mid-tier, mid like fifth, sixth round to grab a quarterback, especially in a 10-team league. I think the smaller your league is, the less you need to worry about getting the higher-end quarterbacks. In a half PPR Superflex 12-team league, which side... Are you taking of this trade? Ayuk and Eckler or Metcalf and Rojo? PPR, Superflex, 12-team league. Is this Guys, can you tell me if it's redraft or dynasty when you ask? I need, I need details when you ask questions, guys, please. Uh, yeah, just follow up with details. How do you feel about having Tom Brady as your quarterback one in Superflex? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, he's my quarterback nine, so he fits into that quarterback one range for sure. That offense is going to be super efficient. I think that I think Brady's going to be really, really good this year. Dynasty Superflex full PPR. If MC Saquon and Zeke goes first, would Pat or Lamar be viable at 104? Keep up the good work. Got a draft type video. If you're trying to peep, I can DM the unlisted link. Uh, yeah, th- throw it my way on, just at me on Twitter or Instagram or some shit linked down there or right there. Uh, so if those three go off the board <clears throat> immediately, yeah, I-, I think like I've seen Pat and Lamar go as the super flex, like top five picks pretty significantly. It- Personally though, if I'm at the one four, I'm trying to trade back. I'm trying to trade back, grab like a second, a fourth and a, uh, a second, we'll see what you could squeeze out of your league mates because someone's going to love the thought of having Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. So I would try to grab as much as you can, like early draft capital. Because if you grab like a second, a third, a fifth, or something like that, you can say like, "Oh, I have Pat Mahomes," or you could end up with like a Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Ceedee Lamb, and it's like that sounds a lot more fucking tempting in dynasty. So think of it that way. I would try to trade back, and even if it's like a second, a fourth, and a first round next year, uh, I, I would personally move back like that. Opinions on Michael Gallup for redraft. Yeah, Gallup's going to be an interesting case study. He's someone that like a lot of people, he, he's kind of polarizing. I think most people are just like, eh, about him or like really, or think he's like one of the best values in drafts this year. I I tend to side on the, on the, or the former. I think that like, I'm definitely not targeting Gallup. I just see a way where he just becomes like inconsistent. Ends up with good end of season numbers, but you don't really know when to start them because there's so many good options there. Um, so Gallup's Gallup's the guy I could be wrong on. He could just be like you know the huge year last year. He could just be a very good young talented wide receiver and way better than most of us are giving him credit for. Definitely in the range of possibilities, but I'm just not personally targeting him. If he falls to me at value, he's one of those guys that falls into that middle category. Where if he falls to me at a good value, no problem taking him, but I'm not targeting him. Devin Pratt, can I live with you? Fuck yeah. I've had people in and out of here living. I had a fucking, <clears throat> I had a friend uh, traveling. This girl lives in New York, but she lives with her grandparents. She came back from 
Denver a few weeks ago and uh her grandparents were like you're not like after you're done traveling you can't come back here like we can't take the risk of you having COVID and bring it back into our fucking apartment she was like Nick I got a huge favor to ask like can I live with you for the next week I'm like bet everybody's welcome everybody can live here doors open. I literally when I moved in I made six or seven copies of keys and I've just given them out to all my friends it's probably not a good idea but whatever <clears throat> Is it better to do a lot of small stakes leagues or focus on a few high stakes leagues? Uh, I would definitely go with the former. I would say that, um, you know what I just fucking realized, which is wild. <clears throat> I actually have, I have, I have one single redraft league that I'm doing this year. One, just the E-Town get down. Uh, so I think I'm going to join one of those Yahoo pro leagues. So if you go on Yahoo, you could sign up for an actual paid league. And they do them in increment. They have like a 20, a 50, a 100, a 250, and a 500. Um, and I want to do more than just one E-Town get down, you know, redraft league. Guess my shirt's tucked in, you bitch. Uh, so I'm going to join Yahoo Pro Leagues. And I kind of want to do that only because every league I've been in for like the last three or four years has been in with people that like follow my shit. So very rarely do I ever leave a draft and I'm like, yo, I got so much value. Like I feel really good about my team because... Everyone just takes all the fucking players that I want two rounds ahead where I want to get them. And they fade the players I don't like because, you know, believe it or not, the dumb shit that comes out of my mouth resonates with people and they take it into consideration. Um, So my high stakes, I would definitely prefer high stakes leagues. Uh, The little small stakes leagues, it's like you just start to lose focus. You stop caring about all of them because none of them really mean that much. So I would definitely focus on a smaller amount. And it's tough to balance Dynasty versus Redraft because they require different levels of attention so i i have like four or five dynasty leagues i'm in now and just one redraft but i somehow i'm going to turn this into like four redraft or five redraft by the time the season kicks off on underdog do you like a Minshew chenault stack yes i do but i like a Minshew chark stack way better and i like a Derek Carr hunter renfro stack the best Nick, who am I double tapping at the 112 and PPR 12 team Superflex? Mixon, Sanders, Drake, Chubb, Aaron Jones. Please pick two. So Sanders for sure. Ooh, that is tough in a full PPR league. I, man, this is some advice that I probably shouldn't say on the record, but I'm going to take the two injured guys right now in Sanders and Drake. If you want to play it safe, I'm completely fine with Chubb there. I'm really nervous about Joe Mixon. I've been nervous about Joe Mixon for like five months now, and it had nothing to do with the contract holdout. It had nothing to do with the injuries now. And now you just pile those on top of my initial concerns. And I'm just not really looking to take Mixon. So I would say Sanders is my one. And then like Drake Chubb are kind of back to back for me. Bite to motherfucking bite. Any concern for taking Jacobs in the first round of full PBR draft? Seems like they want to use other running backs in the passing game over him. Uh, I, I think we're thinking too much about Jacobs. I just think he's in an ascending offense with a great offensive line, and he's going to be used at a super, super high level. The only concern I really have for Jacobs is his shoulder. Um, the dislocation rate on shoulders is pretty high. It's pretty significant. And we've still never seen him do the full workload over the course of the season without getting hurt. So my concerns are not in the PPR movement. I think he's a fine player, a fantastic fantasy player on a points-per-game basis. We just need him to be out there on the field for all the games so yeah i'm fine with jacobs in the first round jj zacharyson recently did a podcast where he said he was avoiding jared cook due to regression being breezy yeah like see that 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 i think is 
that is where I have a problem with regression. When you start putting regression over situation, I think it's terrible analysis. But of course, the addition of Sanders is going to make a little bit of an impact. Um, but like you could say, like Jared Cook had such a high touchdown rate, but he also led the NFL amongst tight ends and yards per reception and like deep targets and all these things that are valuable that are just part of the player he is. Like he's a big, tall, fast receiver that makes plays with the ball in his hands. Of course, he's going to have a high yards per reception number. Of course, he's going to have good yak numbers. Of course, he's going to be a red zone target. And that's not going to change just because Breeze's touchdown rate was high last year. So there needs to be a point of separation between regression and players being good at football and being in a good situation. Jared Cook's situation, there there are no holes to poke in it, right? Like, we don't even know if, if Emmanuel Sanders is above Jared Cook in the pecking order. All we know is this. The Saints offense has been top five for the last 10 fucking years. Drew Brees, one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Good offensive line. They're not going to need him to block. He's a red zone target. He's a downfield target. Like everything you look for in a good fantasy tight end is what Jared Cook has on his resume for this year. So looking at regression when it comes to Jared Cook, I get it, but I think it's bad process. Mm-hmm. What would you trade for DK? Dynasty League, half PPR. Thank you, Mr. Riley, for the more detailed question. Um, I've got Mixon, Jacobs, MT, Godwin, DJ Moore, AJ Brown. Oh, my God. I know I'm deep. Just want DK pretty bad. Uh, see what you could do. I What I would do is try to move something with OBJ. I would probably, I would almost definitely move OBJ in that piece. Uh, I don't know how your league or whoever owns DK values him. A lot of times you can probably... Flip OBJ for DK straight straight up, which I'm not opposed to. See if the name brand of OBJ is still very much alive in your league and see if you can do like OBJ for DK and uh, either another piece or like a late second, early third round pick, something like that. In a dynasty, half PPR, Superflex 12 team league, which side you taking of this trade? Brand Nayuk and Eckler or Metcalf and Rojo? Okay, so half PPR, Superflex. Uh, you can give me the Ayuk and Eckler side. I love Metcalf, but I love Eckler a lot more. I think Eckler is just going to be a top 10 running back in fantasy for the next three years, and those are not easy to come by. So you can give me Eckler over Metcalf, and Rojo is just not a guy I want to he, – he's a guy I like for redraft this year. Don't don't get confused between the love for redraft running backs and dynasty. And Rojo's a guy who really might not even have a role. He, Rojo's a, a guy that's almost similar to Minshew in which he could be really good for fantasy this year, right? Like rush for 1,000 yards, uh, catch 200 yards worth of passes, and score 8 to 10 touchdowns. And then next year, his value could go right out the fucking door. Like be good for fantasy and then not have a big role in the backfield next year. Like Keyshawn Vaughn will be very much more involved next year than he will this year. They might go out and draft a running back in the first or second round next year. If they think that's the piece that they're one piece away from Tom Brady's last year team, uh, you know, pushing them over the edge like a Jonathan Taylor type back like Najee Harris falls to them in the second round and they draft him very much in the range of outcomes so I, I while I like Rojo for this year I don't he's definitely not like the answer to that backfield RB2 strategy if you have the first pick uh I I would pray I uh would bring some tissues to the draft that's unfortunate I, I would say like your best your best bet is is trying to uh, grab some of the rookie running backs like 
grab acres at that four or five turn if you can uh see where swift falls to if swift falls to the six seven turn i like that if dobbins falls to the eight nine turn we like that otherwise like the mid-round running backs like a, i think like a rojo is a good pick in the middle rounds um otherwise you're just gonna have to kind of hope that c mac uh c provides enough for you in that rb1 spot which he will to supplement your rb2 spot but you're just gonna have to hammer the other skill positions really okay 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 uh there are just like 30 questions that i didn't answer and i apologize um for not doing so there was just a lot this week i tried my best to do so in the 50 minutes that y'all looked at my face for unfortunately um but that will be the end of these questions as always like you guys can be posting in Discord, man. Uh, if you're if you're watching the stream now, that means you're in Discord, and there are people active talking all the time. So like, don't shy away from asking your questions in there. Okay, so uh, that's all I got for y'all today. If you want to be in the next Patreon Q and A, this will go on throughout the season. By the way, every Saturday I will be getting on a Q and A live streams in to uh, to help you with your sit starts, your waiver wire, whatever the fuck you need. We got it here at the headquarters all right uh so patreon.com slash b d g e i got nothing but love for you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend hit that thumbs up button if you enjoyed i don't care that the video's over keep your shirts tucked in for the remainder of the evening and i'm out skirt When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.